Hello internet peeps, welcome to another edition. Yes, you were seeing me back. I am not kidnapped. I am not lost. I am not a ghost. Maybe, maybe I'm a ghost. Am I like a, like a forest ghost? Guys? No. No? You don't okay. have any glow. No. Okay, yeah, I don't want to be a forest ghost. Uh, so I'm back here and this is episode 157 of Big Trouble Podcast. I'm Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. Exactly. And we are doing Timothy Dalton, James Bond. Uh, but before we get into that, by the way, I want to thank Zach and Andy for covering for episode 155 and 156. I did watch the Police Story 1 and 2, your guys' uh, show. I watched Police Story 1, liked it. I loved Jackie Chan. I didn't get to see 2. Uh, I will watch that another time. Uh... You guys watch Gundam? We're, that's on Netflix, right? Yeah, Gundam yeah. Hathaway. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll probably watch that and then listen to your guys' podcast. But I, I thank you guys for covering for me while I was on my little mini vacation. But before we get into some the living daylights, guys, what the hell have you been watching, playing, or doing? And I think I'll go first since I watched a lot of movies. So since you've been gone. Yeah. So I watched since you've been gone since you've oh sorry. <laughs> Police story one, conjuring, conjuring two. Um, I watched Annabelle. I watched the creation of Annabelle. And by the way <laughs> watching a lot of like sequels to stuff. Yeah. Because I, I watched uh, I was like I, I told my dad, I was like, Did you ever watch The Conjuring? I said, Conjuring One's pretty good. So we watched Conjuring One. Uh, we liked it. Well, he liked it, and he's like, let's go watch two. So we watched two, and we thought like we were going to see three, right? Because it's on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. So after we watched two, they took it off of HBO Max because it hit its 31 days, and it takes it off for the theaters. And I'm like, I'm not going to the movie theater to see a subpar movie because I heard they got bad reviews and shit. So I'll just wait for it to come back on HBO Max or whatever streaming service it is. Yeah. And then um, my dad, like, researched the, you know, Ed and Lorraine Warren and all that stuff, which, by the way, my last name, but we're no relation at all. Um, <laughs> so he found out about, like, the Annabelle doll in the movies has <laughs> is not like the real Annabelle doll. It lo looks like Raggedy Ann doll or something like that. And, and, uh, we liked Annabelle one, but Anna Annabelle Creations, like they made a prequel to the Annabelle. Like what the fuck? Like like they went too crazy on that shit. Some dude named Geppetto made it and then it wanted to be a real monster. Mm hmm Is it a trans doll? Maybe. Maybe like it, wanted to, it wanted to be a doll and it wanted to turn into transition into a monster. Demon. A demon. Um but yeah, we we watched that. We watched um, 1403 with John uh, Kuzak, uh, with Samuel Jackson, where a guy who doesn't believe in paranormal. It's funny that we went from a paranormal movies to a guy who's like skeptic and shit. Uh, he's like, yeah, there's no this this hotel room is not haunted, and then like it puts him in like the nine stages of hell, kind of like Dante's <laughs> Inferno. Uh, it's a it's a really good movie. We enjoyed watching that, and then we watched Jodie Foster in Flight Plan. Have you ever seen that movie where she goes on a plane with her daughter because her husband uh, passed away, 
and her daughter goes missing. But like she apparently she create this the the plane or something like that. She designed it so she knows like every layout. So Sean Bean's in the movie. He doesn't die, by the way, which is surprising. What? Uh, yeah. But he, he's like, your daughter is not on his plane. You're delusional. We know you take medication. <laughs> Pretty much called her crazy. <laughs> it, it, it's it's on Netflix. I, I, I highly recommend it. And then I played, uh, which Andy's probably going to talk shit about, but I played a little bit of Horizon 4 because Andy said I suck at video games and I should get higher. And I went up to level 10, and he's probably beyond me right now. I didn't say you suck at video games. I was just like, what level are you, bitch? You little baby bitch. And you were <laughs> like 10, and I'm level like 73 or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he leveled so- up so much, he got a brand new car. Yeah, I. That's I, true. Like, they gave me one in real life. They were like, all right, you're level 73. Here's your, here's your car. Yeah. <laughs> I love the, the free spins that I get. Like, I got a. Uh, I'm not really good at all these. I got like a fucking Forza Motorsport, like a circuit. Uh, what, what, oh, I, I don't know the name of the car. I just like the vroom vrooms. That's all. There's uh, a lot of cars in that game that I was like, I don't even know what this is. I don't even know the manufacturer. I don't know any of this stuff. Like, I thought I knew a lot about automobiles, but clearly I don't know enough. How I, do know, you, I know all the cars now. How do I put... I, de- I developed car autism because of that game. How do I, I still don't know how to pronounce that uh, Swedish supercar. Can I get a gig? That's one thing I still don't know how to do. Like, I have one. I'm like, I'm going to try to drive around my Kinescagig. Cohen, Snig... I don't know. And there's a there's a Spanish uh, hypercar manufacturer that I've never heard of, Spania or something like that. And I was like, okay, if you say so, Forza. <laughs> how do you put people's designs on your car? Because I know how to download it, but I don't know how to apply it. It should apply it when you're downloading it, right? Well, I downloaded it, but it, like it puts it into like your library because I downloaded. Oh, you gotta you gotta drive over to the the Forza like festival grounds and you go into the garage like where you buy new cars and you can uh, hit right bumper once and you go to the garage and then you can paint or apply stuff or apply your own decals i spent like two hours one day i bought a porsche um i think it's a 1982 porsche 911 and uh painted it up to look like johnny's porsche from cyberpunk Yeah, but I played a little bit of that. Obviously, I played a lot of MLB the show. I'm like addicted to that game. Um, maybe if Andy, if he ever gets Game Pass, or if he buys MLB the show, maybe he we could play a game. Maybe. Uh, I I saw that you can buy a box of Cheez-Its, and in the box of Cheez-Its is a code for 14 days of Game Pass. <laughs> so what are you going to buy, like, five? Like, I'm going to do that for sure because, you know, I'll have Cheez-Its and I'll have two weeks of a billion games. But I, I figure I'm not going to indulge in that until I've gotten my fill of Forza. And I, I can't I can't stop playing Forza. By the I mean, way, just, just so you know, you can't buy, like, five boxes of Cheez-Its and use it for the same yeah, username. I know. I know. It's uh. just like uh, they learned their lesson from back in the Xbox 360 days. Yeah, because I, I went on a, a website because they were selling like these, fourteen day free trials, and I bought like uh, ten of them for like ten bucks, and then like I went to go use it, and they're like, "Oh, this is only for New Year's." So I'm like, "Fuck! I just wasted ten dollars." So I just started giving away Game Pass to the people. This was before you got an, an Xbox, Andy. That's fine. Anyway. Yeah, Jesus, I'll get one. <laughs> yeah, 
But uh, yeah, that's all I did. Um, I, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Oh, I watched uh, Doctor Sleep, which was a pretty good sequel to The Shining. I like that movie a lot. I yeah. think it's very underrated. It's on HBO Max if anybody hasn't seen it. I, I recommend it. Uh, what's his face? Ewan McGregor. Yeah, he 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 does a good uh, Danny Torrance and all that stuff and all Ewan the McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> Even 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 the dad, uh, the Jack Torrance, whoever played uh, Jack Nicholas, it wasn't Jack Nicholson. Like he he wasn't being him, but like he did an okay job. Minor uh, spoiler alert. Yeah. Oh well. It's you go, been a couple years. Yeah. <laughs> go back to the hotel anyway. Uh, let's move along to Zach. What have you been playing, watching, or doing? <clears throat> I have been uh, playing, uh, I, I think I said I beat Persona 4 last time I was on here, mm-hmm. and uh, I got some money from the government, and that enabled me to buy Persona 5 Royal and Persona 5 Strikers. What did you get, your third stimulus? No, it was something for like, hey, you got, like, they're doing no, this Not thing. the federal government, the state government gave him money. Oh, it was for like getting a vaccine. They're like, "Hey, if you got it, man, we'll give you like a hundred dollars." I was like, window. "Okay." <laughs> I found that out like months afterward. I was like, "Cool," but um, I was eager to start Persona Five because um, I I was wanting to play that game for a while, but I just couldn't let myself do it till I beat four. Now six is in development. You better hurry up. Shit, that's not going to come out for a few years. Yeah, I know it. Persona Five's development from like. Four to five was like pretty much ten years. <laughs> uh, but like, uh, I've been playing it since I got it, and I'm like fucking addicted to the game now. <laughs> I've been playing the hell out of it. I think I put about twenty hours into it now. Um, it's great. It's very stylish. I love the music. Uh, I like how each Persona game has like kind of a different theme going, uh, like with your character and like what's going on and the music as well like this time you're you got a bad rap you're 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 a student got in trouble something bad happened you're on probation and you're in the city coming from the country whereas in the last game you were from the big city coming into the country ah Hmm. but um it's great Uh, i can't really speak much else about it right now it would take too long and this isn't the place for it um uh other than that I haven't really watched anything besides this movie <laughs> that we're getting ready to talk about. All right. So, yeah. Andy, you're, you're last but not le- least. You're last and least. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, I uh, I was I was hanging out with my girlfriend. She hadn't watched Luca yet, so we watched it. I just talked about that a few episodes ago. And then I found out she'd never seen The Big Lebowski, so we watched that. And I've probably talked about that before, so fucking love that movie. And uh, other than that, I've been in 100% car mode. I've been playing Forza Horizon 4 constantly. So much Forza. I, uh, I've i completed the cross-country. I've completed off-road racing. I've completed road racing. I haven't completed the uh, the like the street races you do at night. And I have some of the like story missions left to do. And that's that's kind of like it. Like I'm start. I, I, at first, I was worried. Oh man, I'm gonna blow him through this game too quick. No, not even close. There's so much to do. Like now, it's it started showing me the weekly challenges and stuff. 
every week it updates. Oh, you do do this jump, do this race, do three of these races, do this with this certain car or whatever. Yeah. So I've been having a lot of fun doing all that stuff and painting cars and driving. Like so, uh, when I'm winding down, I just like drive around and look for the boards to break, just because I like driving around in the game. And then also I've been watching uh, season three of the Grand Tour. That's the Amazon exclusive. That's uh, the three guys who did Top Gear for BBC. They got fired. And then Amazon said, hey, we'll give you like way more of a budget. Just come do the same thing for us. That show's hilarious. And it kicks ass. The real Top Gear. Yeah, the true, the true Top Gear. Not that bullshit they put on now. I, I was thinking about it because I guess Forza Horizon has like a deal and there's a Top Gear series of missions in the game. But it's like the nega top gear it's like the new one the new host that i know nothing about i'm sure they're fine like i'm sure they're fine guys i have nothing against them or their show it's just they're not richard jeremy and and uh james like it's just it's not the same so that made me think like oh man i'd really like to watch the old top gear oh wait even better i never watched the new season of grand tour and it's it's fantastic i i highly recommend it and then uh just to add to car mode i've been shopping for a car for two weeks and then i bought one so car mode wait an actual car yeah like i i bought an actual car this morning nice he's crossed he's crossed the threshold into true adulthood (laughs) life has begun to imitate art (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna start racing now and being like dom like family by the way that that (laughs) that meme is like getting out of control everywhere yeah i love it i love it created all social media (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah let, let's let's get into uh, uh wait are you done andy anything else just car- all tons of car stuff forza and the grand tour they they, they go back to back extremely well <laughs> you know what i kind of can't wait until we start watching the fast movies because i think it's gonna be like it's gonna be it, it's not gonna be like oh my god we're watching citizen kane but it's gonna be fun to watch and all that stuff i i've always wanted an excuse to watch them i've never watched a single one of them and i'm i'm kind of anxious to finally get around to seeing them my favorite ones that the last time i seen a movie was tokyo drift so it's back when it was still about stealing shit or yeah driving mostly <laughs> now it's like fucking they were like super spy mercenaries and they like drive out of the back of cargo planes or something or that's what happens after that movie. deliver elephants to vietnamese farmers or something. or like when Mel- <laughs> by the uh, uh, michelle they uh, the mujahideen <laughs> they take a fucking like vine and use their car like it's tarzan across the mountain that's a thing by the way but it's about family guys it's about family and uh michelle rodriguez and Vin Diesel at the Video Game Awards says Tekken like Takan. So go fucking. Yeah. <laughs> so much Takan. <laughs> I fucking hate that. Anyway, let's get into some Timothy Dalton, The Living Daylights, James Bond. Andy, take it away since you're the Bond expert. I'm 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 the Bond boy. Uh, the Living Daylights is the first Bond movie starring Timothy Dalton. You already said that. Uh, director John Glenn returns of um, fan favorites on Her Majesty's Secret Service and um, a couple other ones. Octopussy, I think. Oh, and For Your Eyes Only. Yeah. And, and some others. But yeah, John Glenn's back as director, and he's great. I love him. Um, they... Uh, 
View to a Kill didn't do great, and they were like, God damn it, we're going to have to like redo this whole thing. And originally, when they were conceptualizing The Living Daylights, they thought about going back and making it a prequel. That's how it was like drafted originally. And that was an idea that gets revisited later in 2006 when they make Casino Royale, obviously. But they, they decided not to do that. This one's like not a direct sequel. You know how the Bond movies are. It's like it's a sequel, but it's not. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's based on only a short story. Um, hmm. A short story published in the early 60s. It was one of the last two things Ian Fleming wrote. It's It's usually... Written in a short collection with Octopussy called The Last Two. It was the last two things he wrote about Bond. They're both really short. Octopussy was published in Playboy. And I don't remember what Living Daylights was published in. But I guess it doesn't matter. Um, The short story is originally just about... It, it still involves the cellist. And it's still like a beautiful woman who's like a KGB sniper. And Bond sees her in concert. And then someone's coming across from East Berlin to West Berlin. It's about them crossing over the wall, basically. And he's giving sniper support to that. And he sees that beautiful cellist, blah, blah, blah. That that they just took from the short story and put it into the movie, which I like a lot. Because Octopussy, they literally took the name and almost nothing else. (laughs) So at least this time they're like, hey, Ian Fleming, he was a pretty good writer. Let's use that stuff. Um. It's hard to tell where to start. I guess the best thing to start is with uh, the the prologue. It's uh, the rock at Gibraltar, and they're doing a training exercise. Mm-hmm. And some motherfucker wants to kill some double O agents, and he does a pretty good job, and then Bond's trying to stop him. Bond blows him up, but he doesn't catch him. I, I like the guards when they're, like, killing the killer and shit, the assassin. Yeah, the goes, hey, hang on, you're dead. <laughs> you're dead, man. You're dead, man. Boom, you're dead. <laughs> and then he gets shot with real gun. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that, that, that whole scene was, uh, that's fun. It was fun to watch. That was a good sequence. I do like that. Like they came out of the airplane and like, I guess that was that M whoever was in the airplane with them. That's him. Yeah. He had like all his papers on the <laughs> desk and stuff. And he, <laughs> like, he had an office <laughs> in the plane. Yeah. He's like, got, a, he's got an off, a plane office. And he's like and all was, mad. Oh, oh, bother. And he went over there to like fix all his papers back. <laughs> It's like, what do you think? Like, when that plane door is gonna open, it's just not gonna. It's gonna be windy in there. Uh, but yeah, I, I I enjoyed that scene. the The whole car scene was fucking cool. I I like that whole scene. Um, the only thing I will like roll my eyes a little bit is the explosives that were like on fire for a really long time. Yeah, why is there Why is there a, a Land Rover full of explosives? <laughs> That's what the British do. They put fucking explosives in Land Rovers and just drive them around everywhere. Part of their military training. Yeah, I'm sure it's like some stupid British tradition. Oh, it's the Rock of Gibraltar. If there's not a truck full of explosives at all times, the French can take it over. Right. And that he fights him up, and then he like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I like when the car is like he- heading into the ocean. He's like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> the last, ah. <laughs> And uh, I, I was getting a little nervous because when he was going to pull the parachute, I thought it was going to be just a giant England flag again. Like, Thank God it wasn't. But, oh, uh, come yeah. on. You guys still bag on that. That was great. <laughs> I, I like this movie way more than most of the Roger Moore nonsense. I do, too. It's uh, th- this, this movie is way more 
a product of its time than a lot of the other Bond movies. This movie feels extremely late 80s. And it's not just the theme and the music mm. and and the awesome Aston Martin vantage that's in this movie. God, the cinematography is very 80s, the way it's all shot. The whole staff. thing like just feels really 80s. And this movie feels like a product of its time. And I mean that as a good thing because there's some movies that are like, man, this, uh, this movie didn't age well. This movie kicks ass. It's great. Um. Uh, real quick, the theme, the theme song, I love it. It's uh, it's a it's an aha song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, at first, I was like, did they get Duran Duran do it again? Because it sounded kind of like that at first, and then he yeah. started singing, and I was like, no, that's not him. Mm. Aha, aha, aha moment. Coincidentally, the music video for the version of the song on their album is also extremely cool. And it uses some footage from the movie that doesn't get used in the theatrical release. That's cool. Just like little snippets. It's like not enough to like show you anything, but there's a few shots that don't appear in the final product of the movie. Hmm. Um, But anyway, this guy kills some double O agents and he leaves behind a message. And I can't remember what it says. Some weird Russian horse shit. Mm-hmm. It's Russian horse shit that was an old Stalin program to kill spies or something. It's the, it's the two words that get condensed down to smirch, death to spies. Death to spies means smirch only because it's like, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, what's that thing Japanese? Portolomeo. It's a portolomeo of these two words. And it's, they say it a couple times in the movie. And you don't really need to know what it is. Smirch, shippo, damn. I don't speak Russian, clearly. Da. <laughs> uh what do you think of like because uh, you mentioned it andy i think you said timothy dalton's bond is more is it he has like an angrier side or like has an i think so i you will see it a lot more in um in a uh, license to kill license to kill thank you in uh which comes out just two years later but there's i, I don't know he, he seems this movie seemed a little ahead of its time because like after Roger Moore, they're like, you know, let's do something a little more serious. Like uh, an Aston Martin still drives into a barn and then drives around a frozen lake in this movie. <laughs> like there's still some silly stuff, but it feels more serious than say a view to a kill did. <laughs> this is kind of dialing it back about to Sean Connery. There's a little bit less goofing off unless you count the first two movies where there was almost no goofing off really it, there was there's a lot less goofing off but they've still got there's a there's a big uh, the, the, the 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 vantage has like gadgets and he's got that keychain that he uses several times like there's still gadgets and stuff yeah but it's i don't know it didn't come off like really silly gadgets like no it's not yeah, silly. You, you can you can put enough plastic explosive in the little keychain fob thing to fucking blow it statue over statue onto judon baker you could do that yeah 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 i love that car by the way that aston martin v8 yeah the 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 vantage is one of my favorite bond cars i fucking love it um what was i gonna say oh uh there is some silly stuff like the ghetto blaster yeah (laughs) (laughs) i didn't expect that it's just like very weird it's just you you just start hearing music very 80s music and q's like ah and then he like you see the guy with the boom box is just it's like we're developing it for the americans we're calling it the ghetto blaster <laughs> I, I still like expect hit bond to go oh it brings a new term to boombox or something like that like it's i felt like that line was in there and i just didn't this, get said or something this isn't roger moore i know 
They probably wanted Timothy Dalton to say it. He said no. He's probably like, that's <laughs> stupid. That's <laughs> rubbish. I'm not saying that. Timothy Dalton comes from a lot of uh, stage acting. He was a stage actor, and he's done a lot of, he's been like, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's specifically been like King Lear or something, but he's done a lot of like Shakespearean royalty, like well-to-do, serious acting. I'm not, you know, James Bond is serious acting, but not like that. I feel like he tried to be make it serious. At times he was making it serious. There was other times. I mean, another silly. I mean, it looked silly looking, probably because of the, you know, the green screen and you know the video in the back while they're like sitting on the cello case, like sliding down, and then all of a sudden going past the border and be like, "We're just bringing the cello." <laughs> I like that sequence. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun because it 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 comes on the tail end of that pretty good car chase. Hmm. And uh, he, I, I thought he was going to use the cello like for cover, which he kind of did at one point. Then he's like, oh, shit, I put a hole in your cello. Sorry. Um, in a Stradivarius. <laughs> yes. Uh, there was other a, a jokey moment where, you know, they're in the beginning of the char uh, car chase before all that event happened. She's like, I need my cello. And he's like, I'm not getting your cello. And he like he stops to get the cello. <laughs> It just cuts to him, like, sitting yeah, there with the like door a, open, like, fuck. That's like a total, like, sitcom edit. It's like, am I watching Friends? What the <laughs> fuck? Like, oh, no, we're not doing it. We're not getting your cello. And then it cuts, and I can just hear, like, the Seinfeld. And then she comes out with the cello, and it's weird. And then she is, like, trying to shove it back there in that little back seat of that Aston Martin. And he's like, come on. <laughs> and, uh... Reminds me, though, something I read about this movie uh, before I watched it was... Um, it was criticized for um, lack of comedy. And like, I was like, so if people really liked the goofy Roger Moore stuff. I exactly. exactly. That's why this movie is ahead of its time is it shares a lot with the Daniel Craig movies. It's like they, they got, they got more serious and it's almost like these movies tried to do that too quick. They tried to do it too soon. And the Pierce Brosnan movies are, they aren't the Roger Moore movies. He's not a clown, but they, they do bring the humor back. A little the, bit. Yeah. I feel like in this one, there was plenty of comedic moments, but it wasn't like, it didn't get ridiculous. It needs like, to be secondary to a good spy action movie. I yeah, mean, like some, something cool happens, and then Bond says something kind of smart-assy, hmm. or something, all you know, they, they go underneath the gate, sliding away from the fucking Russians or whatever. It's, yeah. Ha, it's funny. I mean, yeah, look, I, I like, uh, uh, show, show them, show them your passport. So I have nothing to declare. There's the chill. Well, there's the beginning is also full of comedic shit. Like when they're sneaking out that, uh, the defector from Russia, uh, they go to that, that, uh, fuel plant, the pipeline, the pipeline. And like one, put him in the pig. Yeah, they. Uh, he's like, has has anybody done this before? You're the first, and then he shut the he's door. Like, ah! He <laughs> shut the door on him. And, and then, then that woman, that woman that works in the fucking pipeline, she walks into like the the supervisor's office and just like undoes her hair and it's like, and he's like, ah, I'm ready. What, what's going on here? That's funny. That's funny stuff. Yeah. I thought for a second, like I thought she was like a. I mean, obviously she was working with like James Bond and the MI6 and all that stuff. 
but like i thought she was like a secret agent and like she was gonna smother that guy's face into her tits until he couldn't breathe anymore and like knock him out but no she like takes a wrench out and she's like i'm gonna take care of the supervisor and she like hits her palm with it and you're like she's gonna go knock this guy out with a wrench or something but no Mm. (laughs) he's like oh okay and then like she just gets her stuff back on she's like we think i'm that easy of a girl or something and walks away and he's just like but bewildered (laughs) he doesn't know what would happen and i feel like with timothy dalton like he does do some romantic scenes, but like at certain times he's like, I got business to do. Like when he landed on the, the boat, he's like, takes the phone from that girl and says, she'll call you back. And I got to call somebody. And he, and I don't like, I don't like that. Like these people just got murdered and this is serious business. He's like, I'm coming in. I'll be there in an hour. And then she's like giving him champagne. He's just make that two hours it's your bond a bunch of a bunch of british soldiers were just murdered in cold blood maybe you should hurry a bit i mean he's, he's not looking forward to all that fucking paperwork and all those goddamn questions he's just like Ugh. no doubt yeah probably he's trying to enjoy himself at least a little and the the part where like you know he has to snipe the uh the the other sniper which obviously becomes the bond girl in in the movie but like that annoying partner that he had, he's like, you did that on purpose. And then uh, I, I like the part where he's like, can you tell me what the escape route is? And then he's like, some people don't have access to that. And then like when, on a need to know basis. Yeah. And then James Bond does the same exact line back to him. And I was like, I like that character a lot because he comes full circle in this movie. Yeah. They don't like each other. He's being an asshole. And then he's back in Vienna at some point and he helps Bond out a lot. And he's like, Hey man, thanks. Like they have that moment, and then he gets killed by a sliding door. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. What Hell a way to kill a guy. Yeah, I know, right? That dude's fucking Walkman can do all kinds of things. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, it's another thing though, too. The 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 muscle guy isn't like a crazy freak, or he he doesn't have anything weird. He's just a guy that's really good at murdering people. He's he's. I think he implies that he trained with the russians so he's like ex-kgb and he's just a tall muscular blonde jackass like or yeah. jerk he's not even jackass he doesn't have it he doesn't have like an attitude it reminds me a lot of the bad guy in from russia with love yeah that guy yeah except he didn't have milk grenades that's true those milk grenades fucking rip. that was cool. <laughs> holy shit <laughs> those, those, effects, those effects are really good like i was concerned for those stuntmen <laughs> yeah honestly that was pretty that was a great sequence where the fuck was that were they still in um um Austria or somewhere in Germany when that happened? I wasn't real sure. I wasn't sure because they fly there, so it could be anywhere. I, I kind of got the impression that they were back in Britain because so Tim's there and they got a big fancy office or whatever. Yeah. And then I like when his partner's like, you didn't shoot her on purpose. I'm going to go tell M. And he's like, do it. I don't care. It gives me excuse. I'm going to tattle on you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a fuck is what he said. Basically. Yeah. And, uh, so, answer me this. So, you have the Russians, you have the British, right? And then you have, like, this third enemy that's kind of playing both sides, pretty much. Yeah, yeah the mm-hmm. arms dealer. Brad Whitaker. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a scary name. Uh. <laughs> I don't like... I, I, I like his, like, backstory and his persona, but I don't think joe don baker was the right actor for that role yeah 
Yeah. Judon Baker's a good guy to me. Like, he turns up in other James Bond movies as a different character, obviously, because this one gets killed at the end. And he's a good guy, and he rules at that. He's like a Marine general or something in uh, GoldenEye, and I think he's in a couple other movies, too. And he's awesome in that. But in this one, it's just, I don't... Maybe it's because I've seen him in that, but he doesn't come off as menacing. He kind of just, he's got that like weird man-child thing where he's like obsessed <laughs> with his little painted miniatures that he bought down at the model store. He's playing with his Warhammer army. Yeah, yeah. he's playing with his Warhammer army. This is the way I'd have done it. Oh, General Lee's a dumbass or whatever. And and he's like, hey, oh, do you like all of my uh, my standees of the great generals? And they all like kind of have his face, which is funny. That's funny. But one of them's Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler was famously a terrible general. Like the only reason they ever got anything done is because all of his generals went behind his back and like fixed all of his battle plans. <laughs> like I feel like the guy would know that. Like if I know that, then I, I don't know. It's stupid. But he just didn't seem that intimidating. The idea of having a uh, a, a American expatriate arms dealer as the bad guy that's great that is a really good idea but it's just they, they characterized him like all wrong he's just yeah. like he's dressed as a as a five-star general and playing with all his toys he just comes off as a man child he's kind of goofy he's not scary he's he's laughing a lot he's just like really joke he's weirdly jovial all the time mm-hmm. um yeah it wasn't the right guy and i wouldn't have called him brad whitaker maybe you could have yeah. called him General Whitaker, that might have been fine. Not Brad, though. Who's who's afraid of Brad? Brad. What the fuck? Brad uh, sold all those guns to the Russians. Oh, Brad. Oh, the, I, the American Brad. <laughs> I'm more afraid of his fucking draw and his little, uh, you know, where he puts all his guns and shit. How far did he fucking launch James Bond with his draw of guns? Like, he's, he, he sold it like Ric Flair. Well, he hit him in the knees. He was like, fuck. And, you know, James Bond's, like, not 28. He's, like, in his 40s, so that probably hurt him. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, what the fuck? That room, that goofy remote, too. He's got, like, this goddamn universal remote. Everything in his fucking room is, like, linked to it. <laughs> yeah, he can, he can fire an actual loaded scale <laughs> replica of a Napoleonic cannon with it. Like, when did he ever use that prior to Bond being there? Hey, hey, check this out. Watch this. It's just like did that during an arms deal. It's pretty cool, wasn't it? So how but about it that? It blows a hole in like the pillar in the middle of the room. It's like, oh my God. I, I got guys that can fix that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> John Rhys Davies in this movie is, uh, as Pushkin. Um, now that is good casting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite part is like when Bond comes in there, he's like, you should have got daisies. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, are you going to kill me? And he's like, and then he tells him about what, you know, what's going on with the other group. And he's like, I guess I got to die. And I got like, I thought Bond was going to shoot him there. But then they like cut to the next scene and he's like in his dinner. And then all of a sudden, like he gets shot with the blanks and stuff and it made it look like he, he died and shit. I really love that sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fake assassination. It is really good. It, it's well shot and interesting. And I like that his wife is there and they didn't let her in on it. Mm hmm. And it, it it fakes out the viewer as well, because, like, I was faked out. I was like, holy shit, what's going on here? Like, it, it, it's like we were the, the wife, right? Because we think that, like, oh, he's dead in that hotel room because James, that's James Bond's mission. He has to kill him. 
and then you know cut to the next scene you're in and like what's happening here and then boom then you find out i love when he's like nonchalant taking the shit off and like the the wife is just like in tears and stuff and confused <laughs> and then she starts fixing him a drink like right after she realizes oh he's still alive <laughs> <laughs> but uh what do you think of like the opium story with the the afghans i get it i i mean it's good it's it's interesting. It's well written. It's like it ha- it's kind of grounded in reality enough. It seems oddly un James Bondy, but not in a, uh, in too obtrusive a way. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I it, I understood it because of you know history and all that stuff, but at the same time, I'm just like it kind of slowed the movie down a little bit, especially when they got to the scene with the. Uh, What's that guy's name? Karam? Karan Shah? Whatever. The guy who's from yeah, Oxford. Yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm from Oxford. And I'm like, oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> I like every time when James Bond mentions something, we got to go back to the airfield. They all just start laughing at all him. those guys start laughing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the fuck? They don't even know what he's saying, probably. They're just laughing at him because he's fucking some limey fucker. Listen up. He's stupid. But I stupid white guy. <laughs> I did like the battle scenes with the, like the horses and shit compared with all those tanks and stuff. I thought that was a nice. It had like an Indiana Jones feel to it a little bit. It really does. That whole part of the movie does. It's always really cool when people ride in on a horse in a desert and shoot like modern weapons at other modern people in weapons, like in tanks and shit. It's always cool. It's always <laughs> right. Uh, it's still super bizarre watching that movie now. Like James Bond's working with the. Mushadine, what the fuck is going on here? I don't know how to feel about this. Yeah, they say it. They say it's strange. He's British. (laughs) It reminds me of, uh, is it Rambo 3 that closes with this movie is dedicated to the brave Mujahideen fighters or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. It's so bizarre. It's so weird. Like, I understand that in the 80s, the enemy of of my enemy is my friend. Mm. And they were fighting the Russians. So we gave them a bunch of weapons and training, but you know. And then they used the weapons. It didn't on work us. out for us, did it? <laughs> yeah, they ended up using the weapons on us after we yep. gave it. Um, it's, it's it's just bizarre. I mean, obviously, how could they have known? At the time, there were like articles and in, in magazines about, oh, they're so great and they're fighting. They're they're keeping the Russians at bay. These scrappy desert fighters. They kind of still do it today with politics as well. They're like, oh, we're just going to give you money. Don't buy weapons with that money. And then when you give, you know, money to them, they're buying fucking nukes and like AKs and ARs and all that stuff. Did you learn nothing? (laughs) Just come on. No, nobody remembers anything. But uh, what what else did I want to bring up? I... uh, I'm going to be real with you guys. I did not like the Bond girl at all. I, I thought she was like kind of annoying at times she was too 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 innocent for bond and maybe that they were trying to dial it back a little bit i don't know if she was innocent i think it's just ignorance that's what makes her interesting Mm. is because she's trying to help um general koslov koskov which whichever it was defect and then she thinks they're gonna come for her and help her when actually he just wanted her to just die yeah yeah he was just he's 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 just using her, which is exactly what Bond does. That's uh, getting back to like Timothy Dalton being more of like a, a mean, almost sinister Bond. There's a few times in this movie where he is just like using her. He is like if you're if you're paying attention, 
the movie lets like when they're in the plane and he's handcuffed and he wants to look into where that weird heart is with all the diamonds and she kind of starts helping him he like grabs her hand and is like i don't romantic about it or something he does, like, the, he plays, does the hand rub he like leans into it like emotionally yeah, yeah. Stuff like that, and some of the stuff he says in this movie is just—he's, and, and I've talked about it before, so I'll try not to talk about it too much in this episode. But in the books, it's a little more clear. Like he'll just use a woman if it's in defense of of queen and country. That's what I was gonna say when I was watching this. Was like, so far he's reminding me more of Bond in the books than any of these other ones so far, even Connery. That's why. I, that's why I like these two movies so well. I really wish we'd have got more of these. Yeah. Another another interesting meta about this. Uh, Pierce Brosnan was very, 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 very nearly Bond in this. Damn. Because I, uh, Remington Steel, what was that on? NBC? ABC? I think it was ABC. Remington Steel. Remington Steel had just got canceled. So Pierce Brosnan didn't have anything to do. And he screen tested to be Bond. And uh, Broccoli and, and uh, the other losers at a- Eon... They all liked him, and they said, "Oh, you know what? I think uh, I think Pierce Brosnan's going to be the next Bond." And the media started spinning up: Pierce Brosnan's going to be Bond. Oh, he's a handsome guy. This is going to work out. He's going to be a kick-ass James Bond. And he got really popular. So then ABC exercised a right in his contract to where they could bring him back for one more season of Remington Steel against his will. What? Wanted because him being cast as James Bond blew his popularity up and they're like well fuck we gotta make more remington steel pierce brosnan's <laughs> a hot commodity right now so they said guess what bitch come back we're gonna film another season and then albert broccoli was like remington steel will never be james bond he said that specifically in an interview he didn't want him to be james bond anymore because he's on a television show so he retracted his offer to pierce brosnan to play james bond he said well fucking forget it you're out of here and then Pierce Brosnan's popularity tanked again. They shot like four or five episodes of Remington Steel, and then ABC was like, "You know what? Fucking forget it. You're fired." And then Pierce Brosnan was like, "God damn it!" <laughs> Through no fault of his own, whatsoever. Through no fault of his own, he's just too popular. And then it just like both sides of his career got fucked up. But luckily, it came full circle. And in the nineties, he did end up being James Bond. He did end up being an extremely good James Bond, but. We'll get to that when we come to it. I've never heard of such a thing. That fucking it's, TV it's it's But yeah, crazy. after that, they were like, oh, I guess maybe we'll go with this weirdo Dalton guy. This Dalton dude. It, I've, I've, I, so far, I like Dalton. Um, I, it, he reminds me of Sean Connery. Um, it's like a mixture, actually, of Sean Connery and I know, you know, Bronson and and uh, is not Bond yet, but he kind of had like a mixture of Bron- uh, Bronson and uh, Dal- Dalton and Brosnan both remind me of each other a lot. Yeah, they they have a similar look, like a similar facial facial thing going on. I don't know what it is. I'm trying to think what else. Like another thing about how mean he is uh, when uh, uh, Pushkin John Reese Davies like signals for his guard. He's like, that was stupid. And he, like, hits him and then grabs his uh, mistress and, like, tears her dress off. Like, I was like, oh, my God, what is happening? That dude just comes in. She's standing there like this. Uh-huh. She's, 
She lost all her clothes. That yeah. dude's just shocked because he's like, like, "Oh, what the? Whoa, what there's the fuck in here? Oh my god!" He, he took advantage <laughs> of him. He kidney punched John Reese Davies. Fuck him <laughs> up, man. <laughs> Oh, uh, the noise he made—he was like, "Oh!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, brings back memory of Lord of the Rings. Anyway, uh, anyway, when they're in the uh, jail cell, right, with the uh, the Afghan guy, um, I who was the guy who leaded some Mujahideen? Yes, he ends up being like their leader, and he's he's playing it up or something. Yeah, but that that stupid Russian guy, like. I didn't tell you to sit down. I didn't tell tell you to sit up, and just kept on knocking him down until he. That that fight scene was pretty uh, awesome too, in my opinion. I was like, oh shit, that was a good fight. Yeah, yeah. I loved how like some fat fucking Russian guy out in the middle of nowhere gave him like one of the toughest fights he had. <laughs> but that is as Russians are wont to do. Usually, it's some fat Russian guy in the middle of nowhere that'll rip your, whip your ass. There's nothing mm. you can do about it. He tried. He knew his works area very well. He went straight for that thing you put letters on that fucking spike. I don't know what the fuck that's called. Uh, (laughs) A desk spike. Desk spike. He went straight for the desk spike with him. Like he knew exactly where it was. Like I know stick this motherfucker over here. I've been waiting for this. He's been out there for like twenty years. Yeah, but uh, I was surprised Bond didn't kill him. He just like knocked him up and just like put him in jail. Like, <laughs> it's funnier. It's funnier that way. Yeah, it's funnier. But Bond's also a professional. He only kills people that deserve to fucking die. Well, there's no reason to have a gunshot right now. That too. I mean, he could have killed him with his hands. I guess. Yeah. You know, he had plenty of shit. He had a bucket. He had a desk spike. He had all kinds of shit. Desk. <laughs> oh, feel pretty brutal for. I mean, Bond can be brutal, but that's that's brutal even for Bond. Fe- I guess so. Felix shows up in this though. Felix. He's got a pretty low key appearance in this. Yeah, uh, he's barely in this movie. They they, they could have wrote him out and it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. I kind of got excited a little bit because he's the father in uh the show Lost, uh Jack's dad. So I was like, oh shit. I was like, oh J- Jack's dad is Felix <laughs> in this movie. Huh. Uh, so it was it was pretty cool. I kinda liked it a little bit. But uh I like, I like how he knew how to get him to like, he just sent two girls driving around in fucking Tangier. It's like, you'll find him, like, and then he'll he'll want to get in the car, trust me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he's still, they, like, give me your gun, and then, like, they give the gun back, and he's like, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, I, I mean, I'm out of scenes to talk about. I, 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 I enjoyed this movie. I had uh, fun watching it. Like you guys said, it's a mixture. They they knew where to put the comedy in. It wasn't like a circus like Roger Moore. Um, it when was, he was literally a clown. I'll never let that go. He literally became a clown in one of his last movies. I told you guys, he's the clown James Bond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm excited to see how fucking nasty Dalton gets in A License to Kill. So I, I recommend this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, luckily... Uh... We didn't really talk about everything in this movie. Like, even if you listen to this and you've never seen this movie, there's still a lot for you to discover in the in the course of watching this movie. A lot of stuff happens mm-hmm. uh, fairly quickly. Not too quickly, but, like, fast enough that you're never, like, really bored or, like, wondering what's going to happen next. How long is this movie? Two, two hours, 11 two hours, minutes. Minute. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. um, I like this movie a lot, too. Uh, I was also going to say, I actually did like the Bond girl in this because she felt more normal yeah that's right we we moved on by accident yeah i I agree with you i I like her in this movie too like it's that ignorance 
that is in, in innocence, like Dub said. Yeah, well, she didn't really know entirely what was going on, but he was playing her to like learn everything he could. Uh, and, but at the same time, it wasn't like she was just like, oh, James, it took a little bit to get there. Mm-hmm. The only thing I didn't like is she starts out that way, and then out of nowhere, she's like, stealing a jeep and driving up alongside that cargo plane to get back in there with bond like it's just out of nowhere like they're like oh uh she's a badass now i mean hey they said she was kgb sniper but she wasn't they said she was no they did bad intel i guess Maybe, well, maybe she's like a noob or something. Like she, she's, she just finished KGB sniper training. Well, the um, the general just like used her so that it would look like he was defecting. Yeah, he got there was blank bullets. Remember? I remember that, but I thought they clearly said she was one. Well, no, I I think MI six thought she was the other because remember they they go over this is every female agent in the KGB that we are aware of, and they don't find it, and then Bond tells Money Penny. Hey, look at just find cellists that have performed or something like that. And it's it's not even that too because like uh, when the partner is like, oh, that's a KGB sniper, and like Bond, like Bond pointed out to M, is like, yeah, she's not a good sniper. Like he would have been dead right away. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was the end. Of, it was near the end of the Soviet Union. They ran out of good snipers. They didn't have time. <laughs> they were out of resources. They ran out of money. It wasn't quite the writing wasn't on the wall yet, but the guy was shaking the the spray can at this point. This is eighty seven. Yeah, it was getting there. Perestroika was coming. <laughs> but uh, I I I think we all agree that um, we recommend this film. And hundred percent. Next film is the License to Kill. So remember to watch that and then come back here and we'll talk about it. Your uh, license will be revoked. <laughs> exactly. Um, we do have some news to talk about. Um, we'll start it off with Andy's news. So what's happening with what happened with Mario 64? Well, it's not Mario 64. It, it could be anything. It doesn't matter what the game is. What's happening is with game collecting and speculation of uh, nostalgic goods, I guess is the best way to put it. A sealed copy of Super Mario 64 sold at auction for $1.5 million. I can't remember the exact amount, but it was it was more than a million. And that's ridiculous. Like, anyone who knows anything about game collecting knows immediately, like, wait, what the fuck? That doesn't make any fucking sense. The, uh, it, it broke the previous record, which was set, like, a week ago. Very recently, the record was set by a sealed copy of The Legend of Zelda on the Nintendo Entertainment System, which was 800 and I think it was $870,000, which even that raised a bunch of eyebrows. Now, uh, these two sales together, along with a bunch of other really weird stuff that's been happening over the course of the last year, and also there's been some natural... The price of games has been going up anyway, naturally, due to COVID and a couple other things. Like, people are just kind of stuck at home and they're feeling nostalgic and people are getting, like, stimulus checks. Stuff like that tends to drive up the price a bit. But not like this. Um, a, a sealed copy of Super Mario 64 previously would go for a hundred and something dollars. So, Probably. this is coming out of nowhere. Now, there's there's... A lot of angles that people are taking and discussing this with, and it's so early on that like the dust hasn't really settled on any of this yet. There is accusations that uh, 
I don't know if it's supposed to be pronounced WADA or if you're supposed to say W-A-T-A, but they are the people who do the grading for video games. And a lot of people think that's stupid anyway. And I kind of see a place for it, but it's not something I care about. But there's apparently evidence that they are owned by the same corporation that operates Heritage Auctions, which is the auction company that has been auctioning off both of the both of the two things I just said, both of the record-breaking games. And there's evidence that the people who have listed it and people at those companies are bidding it up to artificially inflate the price. But there's no way to there's no real way to prove that. So that's a, a huge grain, a boulder of salt. Yeah. with that and um in addition to that there's a lot of uh there's a lot of people who speculate that uh video game collectors enthusiasts you know people who are way richer than the rest of us who like video games are trying to artificially inflate the price of like i said nostalgic goods I, pokemon cards have blown up recently as well we talked about it a little bit zach and i on a previous episode but video games are blowing up even bigger suddenly out of nowhere just, just apropos of nothing there's there's not really a, a a precedent set for this and it really does seem like they're just trying to drive up the prices on it so that the goods that they have speculated on get to gain more value and then yet a third thing that people are saying about it is it's money laundering like uh, drug dealers are using this as a way to launder a bunch of money or arms dealers or or something like someone wanted to move a million dollars and this was an easy way to do it and they just did it in a way that drew a bunch of attention foolishly wait a sec i'm sorry to interrupt so i don't know if you guys got a message about this when you guys were doing your show says your calls e- ends in five minutes upgrade to google workspace individual to extend the call the fuck I, I didn't see that when we we did it no we it didn't happen to us all right so if, if it cuts out in five minutes so i'll just edit it so let's just continue my, my I, I i heard about i read the article that you put in there and i also actually was watching some youtube videos of people talking about like racketeering and all that stuff and mm-hmm. people were pulling like cases from 2009 of the guy who like is you know buying all this shit and stuff and using the company but that's where the paper trail ends and Mm. so i'm guessing either people were annoyed that they were getting outbid probably from this guy and probably took him to court because you know rich that's what rich people do they fucking sue each other because they have the money and the case probably just went nowhere. And I think people, I think content creators and I think journalists are pulling that up and say, I mean, they do have, I even said it to you guys. I said, Oh, what is it now? Now Mario 64, if I want to go buy it on eBay, is people going to be selling that shit for like fucking not, not $1.5 million, but like in the hundreds now because of that. Uh, of that auction that happened so like that's my thing is like people are going to take advantage of that 1.5 million to try to get money off of it because of the hype of that uh you know selling yeah it's already bad enough because fucking everybody with an internet connection is like well how much is this worth on ebay and that killed fucking flea markets and everything else yeah 
everybody just fucking looks up how much shit sells for online. You can't haggle with anybody anymore. Defeating the purpose of a fucking flea market. Yeah, I I won't begrudge anyone to gain the true value of their goods, but I, I don't know. It, it makes it a little less fun to to look for this kind of stuff. Certainly. Yeah. But uh, anything else you guys want to bring up about the story? Like I said, the dust is still settling on this story. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's still a lot to be seen. In the same set of auctions they did, uh, there were some other graded sealed games, um, a, a, a highly a, like a 9.7 sealed copy of Silent Hill 2, and a couple other things. And they didn't sell for outrageous prices, but they still sold for like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, uh, I think the Silent Hill 2 was like 86000 or something. A PS2 game. Sealed PS2 game. $86,000. Damn. I don't... No, it, it's confusing what's going on. And no one's really sure why it's happening or how. And the it, most importantly, the people who are winning these auctions aren't coming forward and being like, hey, I got it. Oh, good for me. It's It's just going into a private collection somewhere or it is collusion and it's it's just it doesn't even matter who want it because they, they're just driving up the price of goods so that they can sell a stock of others st- like mario 64 that's a common game so maybe someone has a bunch of them and they want to drive up the price before they sell them and this is them manipulating the system potentially i don't know mm-hmm um well i guess we'll see what happens i know i know a lot of content creators like oh we're gonna hear more stuff about this maybe we'll we will maybe we won't (laughs) just because people were saying speculations about that with the pokemon cards because i was even going wow pokemon cards just started fucking selling out out of nowhere because of you know people like uh logan paul and all those fucks that were like buying it and and uh you know grading them and shit uh and i'm like just like what the fuck is going on here and then obviously at, at some point people just stop caring and be like oh i guess pokemons are fucking rare now again so mm-hmm. who knows um oh uh, we're back and uh, google likes to have money because uh they, you know, they need money with a billion dollar corporation. Apparently, this uh, meeting thing only you're allowed to have an hour. But we're back. Uh, we just ended the talk. Uh, this. If you're gonna edit it, you don't have to say we're back. It'll just be seamless. I just want to confuse people. So <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> um. So uh, we ended the discussion about the Mario sixty four. That was a good spot. We were, you know, kind of come near the end. Uh, Zach, did you have any news you wanted to bring up? Uh, no, other than uh, Paul Orndorff passed away this week uh, yes. for, for wrestling. Yes, rest in peace. Uh, he, he's uh, I I like him in uh, the WCW Saturday Night where you know he's he's being made fun of like Paul all the time and he's it's getting fucking annihilating all the jobbers. So yeah, that's fun to watch. We'll, we'll talk more about him uh, at length. I think. On that show, yes, get some color Thursday, getting some Match. color, maybe, maybe, yes. Um, I did, I wanted to bring up some news. So, Nickelodeon's coming out with their own type of Smash game, and I was like, ah, uh, like, who really cares? I thought it was gonna be like all Nickelodeon, like, new characters, but 
apparently they're bringing out the big guns. So they have uh, Leonardo, Leonardo, uh, Teenage, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 1987, Michelangelo, 1987, Nig Nigel Thornberry. Oh, that's cool. That's, yeah, the old ones. Uh, Ren from Ren and Stimpy, and then obviously Stimpy's there. Uh, if you're into SpongeBob, it has pretty much the main three. Uh, it's got Powdered Toast Man in it. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's fantastic. Jeez. <laughs> oh, they got Korra in there from Avatar Last uh, Airbender. So that's that's pretty cool. They have, uh, from the Rugrats, they, they just have Reptar. Because I guess they don't want, like, babies fighting, I guess. I don't know. Oh, tiny Reptar. Yeah. <laughs> and Helga's. Born hungry. Helga, Helga from Hey Arnold's in it. <laughs> I'm looking at the list. There's there's some shows on here I haven't heard of, but some of them I watched you know when I was a kid. So that's mm -hmm. pretty exciting. Auto Monsters, Wild Thornberries, Hey Arnold, Invader Zim. That's cool. I thought this was a prank at first. Honestly, I didn't think it was real. <laughs> it just I, sounded like too out of left field and like ridiculous. Well, I made a joke to uh, Andy. I said, I guess they got tired of waiting for Smash to not put one of the Nickelodeon characters, so they're just like, fuck it, we're just going to do our own game. Well, they only do video game characters. Fuck these characters. <laughs> but apparently uh, there's going to be a rollback netcode, so apparently the netcode's going to be amazing on this game. And Japan does not know how to do that. They, they don't know how to do good netcode, so... Um, that's all the news I have. I, I just wanted to bring up the fact that I was like, oh, my God, they actually have some good characters in uh, this Nickelodeon game. I'll buy it just for Powder Toast, man. <laughs> it's going to be on the Xbox Series X, so that that's cool. So I have one of those. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think we'll end it here, guys. Um, Google kind of fucked it up for me today. Made me yeah, real, real sour mood now, thanks to Google. Yeah. Boo. So we're we're gonna end it here. Uh if you wanna catch oh, um update. So like we said, Thursday we might have some getting some color. That's uh we still need to watch Raw and uh WCW Saturday night. Uh next Thursday on the Nemesis project. Is that still a maybe or is that a go for us? So we still doing Resident Evil Infinite Darkness? Sure. No, we're not. You just announced <laughs> something that's not happening. Okay, it's happening now. <laughs> but uh, we're going to be doing, me, Andy, and Zach, we're going to be watching the uh, Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, and we're going to get better. Just how we do shit here on Big Trouble. Real, real quick, is that the one? What's what's that about? I don't know what it's about. It's an animated Resident Evil movie. With, oh, okay, 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 okay. With Nick Apostolidis as Leon, so... Oh yeah, we like it. The, the people who play them in the remake are reprising their roles. And yes, this is a this, oh, so is, this is a brand new. This is brand new. Yeah, this takes place before Resident Evil Four in the time yeah. yeah. So, and you were to set it up more. And you were part of the Resident Evil Four uh, episode, so yeah, the best one. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, remember, you know, look out for that episode on the Nemesis Project, but we're gonna here if you want to watch more big trouble little podcast or listen to more big trouble podcast make sure you write the name in stitcher google podcast apple podcast spotify we're also now on amazon music so moving up in the world you listen to us on alexa yes alexa apparently somebody's listening to the gundam episode 
that you guys yes, did. hello specifically to the person listening to our Gundam episode on Alexa. You're yeah. a cool dude. I like you. <laughs> Alexa, play Gundam podcast, and then our podcast comes up. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we're going to end it here, guys. Remember, License to Kill next episode. See you later. Thanks for listening. Bye.